almost hit end broadcast instead of turning down the music. So that would have been like the shortest show ever. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back to another episode of Unapologetically Black, Never Broken, Always Empowered. I am Brittany, joined by my co-hosts, Jamal and Rich. What's good? I didn't get the red shirt memo. I didn't think I had to match my So I jumped out the shower. This was the first thing I grabbed. (laughs) I was like, oh no, I don't want to be on in the Nike shirt again. I feel like I wear this all the time. But <laughs> I purposely wore this today. Well, I'm, I'm glad you did something nope. purposefully. Started out with a great shirt. <laughs> I swear that worked. That's hilarious. But what's good? How have you been, Rich? How's your week been? We haven't really, we haven't, we haven't been on air. <laughs> so how have you been? That's my fault. Um, I'm good. Just working early mornings at three in the morning to about one in the afternoon. Then I got to turn around, go pick up the kids, go hit the gym and then turn around, go pick up the kids. By the time I finish getting them, it's like 3.45. And then by the time I make it home, it's like 4.30. And then, you know, get dinner ready, all this other stuff. Before you know it, it's, you know, eight o'clock, nine o'clock. I have to get ready for bed because I have to wake right back up at three. So that's not including like any other thing that I have to do for the day, like grocery shop or, you know, normal adult shit, like put gas in the car, (laughs) which is why I often run out of gas. I like, I probably run out of gas more often than any adult should run out of gas. And by run out, you mean like, I I mean like sputtering, like, (laughs) but you make it though. Uh, no. No. Okay. Okay. I make it to whatever destination I'm going to. Right. I I definitely cannot make it to a gas station. Like it's it's so you pass the gas station knowing. Oh, I pass a thousand gas stations. So I'll have a weird thing, right? If the gas station is on the opposite side of where I'm going, I'm not going. I'm not getting off. And we have freeways. So it means I would have to exit the freeway. Make a left to go to the gas station on the other side, and then make a U-turn to get back on the freeway. That's a lot of fucking work. So I just drive until there's a one on the right side, <laughs> or that, your car is on the side of the road. Very rare. So everyone happens. Terrible. It 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 makes it to whatever destination I'm going to. That's when it like sputters and it's like, and then like one time I was going to do volunteer work and it died at the top of a of the hill like you're like fucking wasn't going anymore luckily i was able to get it just to bend right over the hill and it rolled down <laughs> and it rolled down right into a parking spot that's Ooh. so ghetto park that bitch <laughs> that's so ghetto the trunk so I kept a had a five gallon tank. I was like, hey, can one of y'all take me to go get gas? And then, oh you know, God. fill it up, pour it over into it, take it, and then on the way home, I'll stop and get gas. Wow. wow. Yikes. I feel like at that point I just keep the five gallon tank just filled up. <laughs> well, yeah. You ride on that, it gets empty again. <laughs> And I still have to go out my way to refill it. <laughs> I'm going out of my way to go get gas. And that's the dumbest thing in the world. That's like food. I'm not about to go out of my way to go get food. I'll just go home and go hungry. Okay. I mean, at least your stubbornness is consistent across the board. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Starvation, empty tank. <laughs> Same thing. Yep. How y'all been? Uh... Um, I have been well. My my enjoying my last few days with snuggles. Enjoying is a very strong word. I am I am like I'm getting through my last few days with snuggles being home. He starts daycare next week. So it's the opposite of enjoying it. I mean I wouldn't say I just said it's a strong word. I wouldn't say it's the opposite of enjoying it. I just think He's three and he's kind of annoying. So you don't enjoy it, but you don't necessarily dislike him. Yeah, well, I know I'm going to cry when he goes to daycare. Like, I know that's going to be a thing. So I don't even understand why. So if you know that, why not? He just goes to daycare. It's not even like school starts. If you know that, 
why don't you just not cry because you know that <laughs> because uh, because i can't stop now you're, it's like you're saying, I'm going to cry because I'm going to make myself cry when he goes. No, 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 because yeah. I just know I'm going to cry. It's not I'm going to make myself cry. If I dwell on it too much right now, I'll probably cry. <laughs> I'm, I'm not thinking about it. But when the day comes that I have to leave him and walk away for eight plus hours. Um, Daycare's like four hours. Mm-hmm. No. Y'all gonna have him going all day? No, nah, we had we, we got we have jobs. <laughs> I'm going back to work. So he's gonna go in at about nine and come back about five-ish, maybe six. Damn. It is a long day. It is a long day. That's <laughs> longer than school, but earn her money. Yeah. I mean it's an it's an in-home daycare, which makes me, you know, which makes me feel like he'll be more comfortable. But yeah. Wait, it's an in-home daycare, it's not a school? Nope. No. And that's why I'm like, why are you crying? Like he's going to a babysitter. Yeah, he still won't be with like me. But mm-hmm. that's a lot. Yeah, the issue with school is is that it's the middle of March and nobody's taking new like around us there's not there's nobody taking like new um new students students. it's weird considering that daycare is year-round yeah but they don't accept new students year-round the issue with snuggles is his birthday falls after that deadline of school yeah so it's like is it school or is it daycare he's going to daycare but in an effort to try to put him into a preschool system, mm. in his birthday and the time of the year, I'm looking for it because I'm about to start working again and I need something immediately and not, you can put your application in for next year. I don't have time. Like, I need something now. Yeah. He's going to daycare. And then next year, like in the fall, he'll be able to do preschool. Um but yeah, his birthday falls like twenty five days shy of of like the the cutoff date to to go to school. Okay. So he has to test into school for kindergarten once he is of kindergarten age. I take a test to go to kindergarten. Yeah. Yeah. If your if your birthday is after the cutoff, you have to yeah test to. Can you imagine somebody failing the test to get into kindergarten? Sure they fail all the time. That's what is a prerequisite to go to kindergarten. <laughs> I don't know. Not I didn't have a late birthday, so yeah. I never had to experience this. Same. I turned of a like of appropriate age in school. Yeah. Izzy turns of appropriate age over the summer. So it's like going into the school year, she just she was five. And it was like, all right, bet. We can take well, she was she was every year she needed to be because she went from like daycare into a school. Yeah, but um, yeah, overall we've been well. Nothing, nothing too crazy going on over here. Um, but speaking of children, today's episode is about generational trauma. So, um, kind of the the actual correct term is like transgenerational trauma, but generational curses, generational trauma. Okay. Um, that looked like that hurt your brain. It did. Excuse yeah. Me. I told you. I've, I've listened back to old episodes, and Rich struggled to say "invincible." And he <laughs> loves "invincible." <laughs> um, but yeah. So, generational trauma. I'm going to define it. Mm-hmm. Um, is the transference of traumatic experiences or stressors from one generation to the next. One of many types of trauma. It can happen through direct experience witnessing violence or living in an environment where violence is a constant threat. Mm-hmm. Ooh, you mean like the police? Because I feel like police are... Yes, but hold on. Before you go on your whole soliloquy of shit, let's finish the definition and then get into the question. Who got the college SAT words out today? Then we will let you jump down your rabbit hole Oh, my rabbit hole. Definition, then question. We'll go from there. Go ahead. Okay. Well, I did finish the definition. (laughs) I did finish the definition. So my question 
would be, um, what do you believe are some of the causes of trauma within the black community? White people. Now, Jamal, take it away with that. <laughs> no, facts though. Like, and I'm not gonna hold you. That actually started everything, like between being kept as a slave and not being able to do a lot of stuff. Like slavery messed a lot of people up. And it's not just the black people, like it's white people too. Like not parenting your children really messed them up and not having that emotional attachment to their children. I mean, that's real. Because like, you can't really say, oh, well, you know, our parents didn't parent us. They weren't really parented either. That's why they look to black people for like advice and culture because like, that's what they've always looked for. Like, you look like someone who birthed, like who didn't birth me, but took like, care of me. Who nursed so, me. You nursed me, you were there for me, you cooked me all the delicious meals, you introduced me to salt and pepper. I, I needed this in my life. Which confuses me around but with, with people that grew up around the 1960s, right? Most of you were raised by black women because that's who your nannies and that's who raised the kids in the house. Mm -hmm. So why do you dislike black people so much and you were raised by a woman? I don't get it. Your mama didn't raise you because she wouldn't have the nanny raise you. Right. But you still don't like black people. They treat us like we are the problem. Like, and it's like our mamas was raising you more than they was raising us. Like you hung out with my grandma more than me, bro. Like she she cooked your food, she did your dirty draws, cleaned them shits. Bedtime stories. I didn't get bedtime stories. And because she was busy doing all of that with the little white kids because she had to work. Mm -hmm. For white people to still not like black people. I don't understand it. I really don't. I don't get it. But from, from that me, might be a future episode. <laughs> but anytime we've ever tried to get someone on. That's where it's one steep. white person can't be the scapegoat for their entire race. Like they, they can't. can't come on and just be like, you know what? 400 years. That's on me, bro. I, mean, I did it. <laughs> you, you have to talk about where what is the cause of things, right? Yeah. Why am I not able to have the type of relationship with my kids? It's because I wasn't taught how to be able to deal with children by my mother. Why not? Because she wasn't taught by her mother. Why not? Right. She was not taught. There's a long generational list of parents who just had to figure this shit out. Yeah, especially well, when they started. level of... Yeah figuring it out was what they knew what they seen happen or what happened to them is what they thought was the correct way of doing things absolutely and so that's where it all stems from and we're not talking about going back 400 years nigga we we talk about just as much as 30 years ago and i'm 32 we talk about as much as 30 years ago and i'm 32. damn so damn. like wait <laughs> you know so we're not talking about a long drawn out history of shit we like just here recently the yeah. reason why a lot of we have a lot of the issues that we have is because we did not have the ability to deal with certain things because our parents nor their parents were taught how to do these things no because i never met my great-grandmother and my grandmother didn't like my mother so i i don't know where that disconnect came from like when i met her father her father was nice like he was, he was a very kind guy when we went down there he bought a trampoline so we could all play on it like i remember being five and having like this big open space in like south carolina and just being able to jump on a trampoline all day because he didn't want us in his face <laughs> and like that's what a great grandpa does like and that was that was dope but i asked me what my dad was for the first 18 Ask me my dad for the first couple no, no. of years. That first part of what you said, because he didn't want you in his face, is a part of the trauma. It, that's what he learned. Yeah. I couldn't be in front of my parents' face, so guess what? Y'all get out of my face. Who's that? There's a lot going on in your background. <laughs> I, do, I do apologize. You're fine. <laughs> I, as much You're as fine. I but no, absolutely. It's, it's learned behavior. Right. And... Um, 
So when I asked, like, what do you believe are some of the causes of black trauma? You said white people. And that's, it's so general, but it's like dead on because some of the things that come from that, there's redlining. So that caused the, the, the ghettos, right? Like creating the highways and separating us from everything else. Nah, for real though, he was a real one. Sorry, go on. Um, <laughs> there's, like we said, slavery. There's systemic racism. Like just in general, everything is built in to the system to to single us out back. or hold us back or whatever the case may and be. One of the biggest things that people say that really like chaps my ass <laughs> is, well, you're an adult now. You should know. How? That nigga don't know nothing that ha- they haven't been taught. That you can't be taught, right? Or you right. haven't been taught. Like, like you're saying, I'm you saying you're an adult now. You should know how to do your taxes. You know what? No about to do taxes unless you're taught how to do fucking taxes. Right. Parenting falls it is a job, responsibility job that you have to be taught and learn all like all encompassing. You have someone is teaching you how to do this mm-hmm. and you learn it by watching other people. Right. Watching your parents and how they raised you. Yeah. What's the number one thing people say when they do something to that child? Well, that's how I was raised. Exactly. That's how my mom did me. I turned out just all right. And it's like, I beg to differ, bitch. Yeah, no. <laughs> I beg sometimes, to differ. Yeah. Like, sometimes I'm like, Ooh. child for 18 years and then say that that doesn't cause any like emotional or like any kind of trauma or any kind of damage. Like you flinch every time a fucking belt or someone reaches for their belt because you think that someone's going to hit you if you do something wrong. And like, that's traumatic. That's I, I believe in ass whoopers. Uh, is not traumatic. I, I believe in ass whoopers. Yeah, and and next week we're going to talk more about that in depth with gentle parenting. Oh yeah, with gentle parenting. Oh, okay, I don't yeah. want to show that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're going to have so, a great so we're conversation we're on that. that one, but Disclaimer: like, Rich believes in ass whoopers. So, <laughs> disclaimer: Jamal don't. So you know, let's disclaimer. Go. And uh, and ass ass whoopers are progressive. Belts are not the uh, are, belts are not the starting point, but they're also not the ending point. Uh, just know. so that they know. <laughs> uh, just so we know. But we'll get into that uh, later on. But uh, I mean, but it falls in the line of, of I don't want to say generational curses, but that, I mean it falls in the lines of some for some family generational curses. What they knew to discipline their children was to beat them. Why? Yeah. Because they were beat. As kids, so that's what they knew. Yeah, so they, they, they thought was the best fear. Yeah. If I if I make you afraid right. of me, you will follow what I'm doing. You will listen right. to what I'm right. saying. Oh, sorry. yeah, I make you afraid. That's what you heard was Jamal tripping on my kettleball trying to get up. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so leading by fear, and I mean that that stems, and you know what, I I do want to say like I'm not sitting here to be like all of our problems in the black community are white people but, but you know but it, you can't talk about generational issues and when, like the black experience the different than anybody else's american experience right why is that because we face racism like when you look at the overall right like obviously there's select few of people that can that have made their families have made ways for the next generation to be able to come out of things, right? Mm-hmm. So, but, you know, or they're blessed with just such gifted talents that, you know, it's able to carry them outside of poverty and outside of the threshold of what normal Black people would go through. But even in their own realm, they're still treated like, you know, oh, I'm rich. Well, no, you're like the Black rich guy. You're not mm-hmm. just the rich, but you're not just a billionaire. You're the Black billionaire mm-hmm. because you're in a different realm According to white people, you're not the same as them. You're, you're not. You're an oddity, but you're not one right. of us. And you're an anomaly, right? That's yeah. not a lot. There's not a lot of black billionaires. Yeah, you're probably one of the first. You're the top. Yeah. You're one. Of, you are an anomaly. And then, like everyone that becomes a millionaire, that's black. Like they're the first ones in their family. Mm-hmm. Like, Every last one of them. That's the first thing they say. Well, you know, I'm the first one in my family to absolutely first one in my family. And it's like, hey, like nobody before you was able to do this. Yeah. Nobody. You're the first. You're 35, my boy. 
Exactly. The generations before you that you've seen and no one before you. Okay, now how is this going to translate translate to those that are coming after you? Right? Yeah, I mean, and you're talking about being a millionaire. There's there's the first in your family to graduate from high school in our generation. You know what I mean? There's the first in your family to do such smaller things mm-hmm. that are these large accomplishments within the black community, to be but honest. It's because those before us and they keep falling back on it, but those before us were not given the opportunity to do it. Right. Why? That's why people didn't want us to do it. Why didn't our parents, or why did they have such a hard time in college, right? Yeah. Or why did their parents before them not have degrees or not go to college unless they became like, you know, a doctor or something? Why do HBCUs exist? Because it was their only option. You know, and, and so it sucks when you're like, oh, it's not all white people fall. I mean, like, I don't I don't know of a problem that we have that didn't stem from an issue that was caused by white people. I don't. When you talk about ghettos, who put us there? It wasn't us. Yeah. Yeah. You talk about the drug problem, who addicted who us. Who put it there? Right, <laughs> because we we weren't we weren't we numb and grab all the the, 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 the cocaine and the crack oh, and the yeah no. yeah we're, and we're not even known to be cooking it. Now crack cocaine is different, you know, but they were just yeah. It's, when you talk about why schools are underfunded, why are schools underfunded? Because schools are funded based on property value. Yep. If your property value is the ghetto, well, guess what? It's not that high. So that means your school's not funded. What happens when you don't fund these public schools? Kids don't graduate. They don't learn anything. It's hard to retain teachers. It's hard to retain students. And when you don't graduate high school, what can't you do? Get an adequate job. Get it, right. Absolutely. Oh, shit. Now I don't have an adequate job. All I can do is a job that, you know, that's either hard labor, so it's bad on my body. Mm-hmm. Or something that pays close to nothing, so I have to get two, three, four of those jobs just to make, yeah. you know, rent, just to make this, just to feed kids. And then now, what it does is it takes me out of the home for fourteen hours out of the day. And when I do see my kids, it's the last two hours out of the day. But I'm dead ass tired. They got two hours before they have to take a bath and go to bed, and then go to school in the morning. And right. then why we're not able to nurture them? Yeah. No. Absolutely. Um, yeah, that's, uh, I was going to make the point of poverty cycles, which you've already touched on, like the first generation of black billionaires, but just not having that financial literacy aspect. First of all, it's not taught in school. So like even at, at the, the base public education, financial literacy should be a part of it. Right. It's not all we learn is how to count money. Not not what to do, what you have it, not like how to save it, not you know. what's crazy is you didn't learn how to count money. You really just learned how to count. Numbers one through twenty-five at, at home, you learned the difference between a penny, a dime, a nickel, and a quarter. They don't even teach that in school. Um okay. I was just about to say, I'm pretty sure I learned that in school. However, I had a private school education, so it's hard for me to oh, compare really? that. I went to public school. They told us <laughs> in public school. <laughs> I mean, I learned what a penny and nickel and quarter. They was. taught you how to count. You already knew what a penny most kids already know what a penny and quarter us like real money. Like they didn't give us the money, but they gave us the plastic. Dollar, yeah, the little like plastic penny. I already definitely plastic remember penny those. And the plastic coins and the little fake dollar bills. They were paper size. Like, you know, you couldn't walk out and be like, oh, I got a dollar. It's just. <laughs> right. But yeah, which is why I think it was so important for for us as a podcast to have our financial literacy month in September, because there are things as a, you know, 33 year old woman that I learned in the midst of those conversations. Shit, right. I still go back and listen to some of those episodes talking about credit and whatnot. Like just because like you need to know when you go into this, how this works, what's an LLC, how does your credit affect this? And it's like, but these aren't things that you're taught because these aren't things that your parent know. Like, mm. I can't call my dad right now and be like, 
hey pops uh so my credit score is this do you know how to get it up and he's like i don't know all right well uh pops i'm trying to file my taxes what should i do go to h&r block right go pay somebody get on turbo tax like what do you i can't i can't walk you through this i don't know what you're talking about son and i can't he can't because he wasn't talking exactly but he's a carpenter by trade meaning that he fell into that same trap like he went to college college got expensive started having kids four kids later he's a carpenter boom because yeah. life happened before all of that and so you had to take care of life first yep you know and then i just i just want to point out how this shit is not like old history ruby yeah. bridges is the first black woman to go to an all-white school great movie by the way you can follow her on instagram by the way <laughs> ruby bridges is on instagram. I, was, I was just been to say ruby bridges has an instagram account today she's 69. Okay. yeah my grandmother is older than ruby bridges <laughs> like i work with a lady that's 59 years old like like <laughs> it's crazy that's it's so crazy yeah, because Ruby Bridges is somebody's grandmother. Like we're not speaking of her I mean, as some big yeah. historical figure. Like, she's not like Harriet Tubman, 1980, That's right. a living woman. You could look her up today. She could <laughs> she could have go by her house and say, even though so yeah, we're talking it's not that far in history, but then we just reported on our last Shit talk Saturday that they're reenacting Jim Crow laws. So it's not even about history. It's happening right now. That's Mississippi. Mississippi like, is my wild, wild south. And we just it is, but it's still nonetheless. That that means there is a large enough group of constituents. Slavery is still <laughs> a lot of ballots that come up. And yeah. Some states lost it's the ballot to take legal. slavery off. Slavery mm-hmm. is legal in the Constitution. Like not outright oh you can do this yeah but we talked about it but it's um, there yeah it's, it's mainly used for the jail system mm-hmm. but it's still slavery nonetheless and who's the jail system mostly targeted at come on now keep it above slavery either way but yeah. i don't want to i don't want to sit down and just constantly bash white people even though it's their fault yeah let's i don't either <laughs> let's let's try to find some it's generational curses that we as black people uphold even though we know we shouldn't right mm-hmm. uh you know the um, one of my things that i don't like that i hear a lot of uh black families do is you know they keep secrets right yeah. family secrets so and so did so and so and we ain't gonna say nothing mm-hmm. or they touch a little girl and you don't say nothing you just tell them hey watch your daughter around uncle joe and it's like why the fuck did you invite Uncle Joe to this children's <laughs> birthday party? Like, mm-hmm. what are you doing here? Yeah, yeah. Uncle Joe just gonna have to uh, go ahead and catch these hands. Uh, and fucking with the wrong one, he'll catch a bullet or two. So, you know. But yeah, like I've never been one to want to keep secrets, especially for my children. Like, it is what it is. Like, either you're gonna like it, dislike it. At the end of the day, daddy don't give a fuck, but I'm gonna tell you, um, anyway so that way you can never say i didn't know i wasn't told you know and i want them to be able to have the open dialogue between us to say hey dad this is what happened you know boom boom boom. i went here and this is what happened and then like this is why you know and then so i can sit there and i can say all right cool i got your side of the story i got their side of the story see what side makes sense go here and now i can accurately you know deal with certain stuff my children would be able to say okay we know what our history is like within our family because they didn't hide secrets you know mm-hmm. and so it's just little stuff like that you know yeah and, and i agree with you i think that's something and those are those are changes that that our generation you know, now as millennials who are having children, have had children, that it's it's up to us to kind of stop because that is something we can easily, 
nip in the bud type of situation um, without having to say, well, I blame you for this and I blame you for that. Um, I think another one is abuse. I think, you know, that being, I'm not saying it's like, oh, it's adamant everywhere, but. Define abuse. So I was emotionally abused by my mother. Like anytime that she wanted us to do something. Define it. What is abuse? You mean personal definition or actual? Yeah, you just give me your personal definition. So my personal definition is someone using your emotions, like an emotional uh, abuse against you or taking something as, for example, she would say, if you love me, you would give me your last and make us give her the last of whatever we had, although she knew we wanted it or like. And this would not even be an extreme example. I swear to God, it could be over a drink of fucking soda, Rich. She would go, I gave you life. You owe me to everything. Literally everything. And it's like, I didn't ask to be here. (laughs) (laughs) You were like throwing this up every five seconds. Like I asked you and I'm having the greatest time on earth. Like, woo! This back pain, this PTSD, anxiety, all of it. It's just, I've asked for all of this. This early baldness, I asked for it. Anytime anything happened, it was always, I gave you life. And it's like, mm-hmm. what does that mean, dog? Like, what are, you, what are you saying? Like, am I supposed to just drop everything and give it to you? Am no. I would say for me on that one, for what I would say, what it should mean is there should be a mutual understanding. No, you didn't ask to be here. I had you. But there should be a level of gratefulness for the things that I have to sacrifice and give up for you. Right? So you still meet in the middle. I mean, yeah, but. Because at the same way, you you expect gratefulness. Oh, I always a, a gratefulness to be grateful for something should always be an expectation. So whether no we weren't grateful, it was more of entitled. Like she felt entitled to everything. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about from a from a child to a parent. From yeah, a child, no, absolutely. Parent, they like, should be grateful, and the parents should be work. willing. But I, I'm just saying, most children don't see the sacrifice. So they can be grateful that they have a roof over their head or whatever, but they're not going to be grateful for what you sacrificed to bring them into the world or what you had to change. Kids don't see you as anything other than They don't even know you had a life before them. Children don't, but as you get older, you should start to understand, oh, I am grateful on Christmas when you don't get a gift. When you don't get a gift, right. Like you don't wake (laughs) up saying, ah, you know what? I'm grateful I still have this house. No, 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 no. You still go, that's why I I say you create bigger sacrifices as a parent because a sacrifice is, damn, I might not have it, but I'm going to find a way to get it for you so that you can enjoy being a child. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, But it's like, that's what I mean. Like parents will tell you, you need to be grateful on Christmas when you have nothing. And it's like, I didn't ask for this. Like you're putting me through a level of suffering and telling me that I'm I'm immature. I'm selfish for not wanting. Well, I guess it still depends on the level of gratefulness, right? Because the way I see it, the way I see it is like things could always be worse. Mm-hmm. And so you still should be grateful. Now you're pissed off and you're upset, but you still should be grateful because you could be homeless. Nah, absolutely. And I'm not saying it like you shouldn't look around at your house and be like, ah, you know what? This isn't enough. Like, I mean, yeah, and that's but that's coming from uh, just knowing kids. Kids don't think like that. Kids are very soft. Right, right, right. That, that's, she should have found. I would say she should have found a better way of explaining and teaching that. Yeah. So, no, right? that was my favorite like, line. All, all through everything, like yeah. literally everything. Because at the same time, I didn't ask to be here either. My right. mom wasn't here. I didn't ask to be yeah. here. It's it's a terrible cycle. Terrible. That's, that's the generational trauma oh, of it all is being here. Um, but I think like, as far as abuse goes, um, to, to Jamal's statement with, you know, emotional abuse, I think just single parent homes, um, and then like kind of what that falls on single mother homes with boys and the amount of pressure you put 
on a child to grow the fuck. Like once they're five, you taking out the trash. Like, or you you have yeah, to be the man of the, the house. Man of the house, like that's a lot of pressure. I, and I want I want to stress single mothers, those with fathers are absent, not yeah. mothers that are single. No, I the mean dad is still present, but we should change it from single parent to absentee, like something. Yeah, yeah, like uh, the the single mom whose dad of the kid ran out, whatever the circumstances were, mm -hmm. they're no longer together, they're no longer there. You put a lot of pressure on this child. And that's not be, every single one. The toxic. <laughs> the toxic ones. The ones who call them like my king, this you the man in the house, like the ones that treat them like that. And it's like, that's a kid. Like that kid's eight. You can't call an eight-year-old the man of the house and expect him or to Or make them feel, you know, the the pressure of of the stress you're under, right? Like right. my eight-year-old shouldn't be worried about trying to find a job or let me let me do this to try to make money to help out type of situation. Yeah, like when people are making these posts talking about daddy, I got you. I see that you out here struggling and grind. No, no the fuck they don't. Cause I ain't never not once seen my kid go, Daddy, I see that you tired because you got home from your second job and I you've been out here grinding on the struggling. No. They let you sleep till about eight o'clock and then they wake you the fuck up. They said you slept long enough. That's it. Now it's time to do something. I want to be in your face. I want to talk to you. I want to know how your day was. Everything. Right. They don't care. No. Yeah. I mean, I, I essentially, yeah. Kids uh, yeah, don't give a fuck about if you're tired. Or most kids don't give a fuck if you're tired. Most don't. Uh, if you, they, they do sense, especially boys, do sense uh, a certain responsibility. Um, for you know, to their moms, if they're you know, if they're the only ones in the house, especially if you're an only boy, right? Mm -hmm. Boy, you got two sisters, right? You got like, damn, I got to figure it out. You know, I got to help. I got to help. I got to figure it out. We ain't got no money. We got to figure it out. Type of deal, right? And I don't want to blame the parents. I I never want to make them feel like it's their fault, but uh, you know, you have to find a way to let them know, let your child know, this is not your responsibility. Your responsibility is to. Do right. These are your responsibilities. These are my responsibilities. You don't need to come over here into my responsibilities. These yeah. are yours, and this is how this is how I'm going to treat you as such. Y'all, you don't need to worry about lights, rent, and things like that because those are my responsibilities. Mm -hmm. Right, but I think on the opposite end, it's a lot of dads who put that pressure on you know girls for like not being a boy. And it's like they don't know how to communicate. They don't know how to like. What do you mean, not being a boy? Not being a boy. Like they wanted a son. They got a girl. Like they didn't want that shit. Like they treat him like you just a kid that I had that I never wanted. And like you see that a lot. Like Michelle has mentioned that it happened to her, where like her dad was basically absent. Like I had this. Uh, I dated this one girl in high school, and her mom and dad. Like I used to make jokes at her and tell her that they were only together for her to get through college and like lo and behold she was in college and they started the separation papers and she did they wanted the son that they had when the son that they had started getting too old they wanted to give him a sibling they wanted another boy he was mad and then she's been raising her on his on her own like the mom raised the girl on her own the entire time the dad just refused to even be in her life. That's crazy. That's yeah. like a, a different level of absenteeism. Yeah, that's different. Yeah, that's different. <laughs> like, we got, you, I have two kids by the same woman, but I'm going to completely ignore one because she's a girl. And like, that's, that's, that's I'm a, I'm a weird thing because most dads cherish their daughters, especially when they have multiple children. They cherish their daughters. So that's a that's an oddball situation. Yeah. Uh, I will say like on a lesser schedule uh schedule, wow, on a lesser scale. Um, I had a similar experience. Like I have a decent relationship with my dad now, but like growing up, because I was <clears throat> a girly girl, like I did plays and I did 
you know, drama club, all of that good stuff. He never showed up to any of that, but he showed up to all of my sister's basketball games. So mm. like on a on a smaller scale, I saw that, but just not to the to the dream. Right. My parents were divorced. So it's not like he was in the house just straight up ignoring everything that I did. But Yeah, but your dad always wanted a son. Yeah, and yeah, so now my dad loves Jamal. Like absolutely adores the fact that he has a son in law. Mm. He only, he only got one. <laughs> 20, but you know. Shout out to the OG. You got a son-in-law and a daughter-in-law. Dog. So. And like, if you ever doubt that you have a father-in-law that loves you, just check what you get for Christmas. Because I can count off all the gifts that I've gotten from him. I think last year was a $200 check. I got a mixer. I got a brick, like a, I got a nice toolbox. I ain't never even used my mixer. I hope he don't watch this, but I ain't never pulled that mixer out that yeah, once. Yeah, I pulled it out, yeah. But, Yeah. Um, so, you know, now that's not the case, but I can, I can see on like a lesser scale how that might work out, but I don't know if that's so much a generational curse as it is just, yeah, I think think that's just what we point out. But I I think absent fathers have been, are a huge part of the black community, you know, and generational curses that go on and, you know, and you would assume that at some point you'd be like, okay, well, my dad wasn't there, so I'm going to be there because my dad wasn't there, right? Yeah. yeah. When, for the most part, that's still not the case. A lot of them are still like, nope, don't give a shit. Um, and it's, it's weird because, again, you for our parents, right, My I didn't meet my dad until I was 23, but that's because he was locked up for most of it. Um. And then my mom kind of lied when he was out the first go round that he got out. She lied to him like, oh, yeah, we'll meet up. And then we never did. And then he got locked up again. And then by the time he got out of jail, I was off in the military. So So it's I'm trying to figure out what do you guys think are some ways that we could start fixing certain curses? Um, I think it starts. We're going to go over a lot of it next week, but I think it starts with a different parenting style and learning from the mistakes and being more open and honest to like what you want to see versus what didn't work in your childhood. Because like if whoopings work for you, cool, dog. But in my childhood and in my experience, it didn't work. Like, and I mean, maybe we had two different experiences, but like, I know for me, when I told my mom some shit and she didn't believe me, that made me not want to tell you again. Because when you went and you seen it, that's what happened. That's like, yo, like where was the trust that you were supposed that I was supposed to have in you that you let me down now? So now when something is happening, I don't I don't feel like I can trust you to come to you. And like establishing that level of trust, establishing like bonds and like being able to, you know, see where you went wrong with your parents or see, you know, pick and choose what happened good or bad in your life and make those positive changes. Yeah, I think, you know, therapy and and like even if it's not like traditional sit down with someone, my insurance covers it, talking about the shit like. Rich said, don't sweep it under the rug. Talk about it. Identify the cycles in your family. So if it is poverty, like identifying generational poverty in in learning about financial literacy, learning how you can build wealth. Um, If it's divorce, if divorce is a cycle that happens in your family, figure out why and change it. Um, Like, I think one of the things we didn't talk about are like the health issues, generational health issues. Like you yeah, talk about black right. people, diabetes, high blood pressure, period. Right. Um, the yeah, like those are things that we experience because of redlining, because we're in the ghetto, because there's, because of the poverty cycles. Vegetables, eating healthy is expensive. It's fucking expensive. Um, and it doesn't last long. If I buy fresh vegetables, I have to cook and eat that within three days versus something in a can that can sit up there for a month or two. Um, so the food that we have access to, um, just because of where we are, um, being from Michigan is one of the most, to me, as far as still being in the North, it's still very like segregated. Um, 
everything is like, you know, when you're in like Dearborn, for instance, that's an area where there's a lot of um, Middle Eastern people. When you're in Detroit, obviously there's black people, but within Detroit, there's Mexican town where there's specifically the Mexican population. So like, there's still a lot of that segregation there. And you, and even in DC, you're just now seeing like grocery stores pop up in the hoods. I think you see people doing like gardens, like um, what are they called? The mini gardens. Like the little mini gardens for the neighborhoods, things like that, like make a difference. Being able to provide those healthy foods to people who don't have access. Um, and fresh vegetables and like herbs and farmers markets. Like those are on a like bigger that. scale for like the community, but for your home, you need to identify what's going on in your family and, yeah, and change it. Look into Be the person that changes it. See what killed your grandpa. Like, oh shit, grandpa went out for dementia. That probably mean like something like that might be popping back right, up. Right. Let me take my omega threes. Great grandpa <laughs> died from heart failure. Let me let me check and see if my heart good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can see. I can see that. Um, I know that there are certain ones that you would have to fight the entire family on because it's just certain stuff. They were like, no, we don't believe this. We don't believe that. Because mm-hmm. then religion starts to play a factor. Yeah, I was about to say. Religion is a generational fucking curse, but you know, See, that's a whole <laughs> organized religion that that's was used that was weaponized against us. Or let me not say that weaponizing the Bible, taking certain parts of it and using it to make me feel like less than or not whatever, and I'm your child. You know what I mean? Like that. I would say I don't. I would say using it without. Proper explanation as to what what you're applying it to and what you mean by it. Well, most of them don't know the proper explanation. That's the issue. They're reading it verbatim as if the Bible isn't meant to be like taken for the symbolism within it. Yeah, you're reading this and being like, it says it in black and white, but like, let's not act like you don't have fucking. You were having premarital sex auntie you were out here you know grandma doing this that and the third you you not gonna sit up but that, that's what i was gonna say maybe that's why they're telling you not to do it because they were doing it and the way you're and telling me is not, is not telling me that it says in the bible when i know what you did in your life tell me your real life story yeah. tell me that don't tell me the bible don't allow the tattoos and you got this giant tattoo on your right tell me your real life thing. story like that and that's when it's important real life story is is i got knocked up at 16 which is why i'm telling you not to have premarital sex okay but don't say because be, the bible says that but it's sad about that <laughs> let me like, know your real life right my grandma got pregnant at 14 but that's not something she talks about no one knows why no one knows who to fought like and now everyone's still having babies young because you didn't sit up there and say these are the struggles i went through i don't want this for you you're saying the bible says don't do it like, give a fuck about that i'm about to be out here in the streets right like we started having babies and then you start giving out parenting advice and it's like dog your youngest child was being raised with your second child's baby like they were going to school together like they were still in school like i remember my youngest aunt graduating high school i was in elementary so you know there's a disconnect between like what you said your youngest aunt was graduating high school and you're in elementary yeah yeah stronger than that she's clearly way fucking older than you're in elementary so the issue is my grandma started having kids at 14 and didn't stop until she was in her like late 30s early 30s, somewhere in her 30s anyway she never said anything about the struggles of raising six kids she never told us until afterwards she never told us of what she went through no one ever knew her story i don't know how the fuck she got from south carolina to maryland but she did it with six girls and I don't know when or where these six girls came from along the way. I just know that like they're here. No one knows their story. No one talks about it. And that's what family histories be. And it's like, so what? what's your medical history? Mm-hmm. Well, what is, what's this? Mm-hmm. You know what they have, but you don't know anything else because you don't know anybody else. And no one talks about anything. So, yeah, you know. 
I mean, yeah, that's like I said, the religion piece is a whole nother rabbit hole that I, I just think we just probably shouldn't go down. Uh, <laughs> probably shouldn't, but I'm always down for that. Um, you should never talk about with a person religion, politics, and oh, money. What happened to Rich? Rich went bye bye. <laughs> I guess that's how we end this episode with Rich going bye bye. I think I accidentally, there's a second button on this mouse, and I think if you click it, it backs you out, it closes everything out. And I was like, oh shit, did I close out everything? Oh, you hit the fuck it button. <laughs> yeah. No, my bad. But no, that's when you're losing on a PC game and you just go, man, nah. fuck it. But yeah, so, I mean, I, I was trying to figure out if there was an, a, a big one that we somehow we missed. I know we didn't want to dive too deep into children just because we're talking about gentle parenting next week. Yeah. But there has to be another big one. I mean, we talked briefly about like fear of law, law enforcement, police. I mean, that comes from. Uh, that's not a generational curse, uh, as far as in the sense of like black people to black people. Um, that's a a uh, societal curse. It's a systemic, yeah. It's a systemic thing. Yeah. He ran out of college words. I mean. I honestly, and if you guys are listening to this and you think we forgot something, let us know. I think we we covered at least the large things. Yeah, I mean, if there's something we missed and y'all feel like, yo, y'all missed this and you want to talk about it, come back for part two. Yeah, let us know. Let us know you want to be on. Create a part two. We didn't discuss no part two. I used to create a part two. Something that they want to talk about, they can come back and they can do a part two. Drop it in the comments. We'll decide later on if we're going to do a part two. (laughs) And that is why Rich is just a co host and not a producer. That's hilarious. Well, on that note, always talking shit. On that note, please um, do not forget to like follow and subscribe on all major platforms check out our patreon where we are pushing out content for keeping it real um shay and i have been talking more about you because the part two just came out we've been talking about bel-air we're going to be talking a bit about poker face which is on peacock um if there's any shows or movies that you guys want to see us review let us know anime court will be pushing out new content next week um which is exciting and um, yeah, so all of our exclusive content, sneak peeks, anything like that, you will find on our Patreon. So check it out. The link is in the bio. Bio, is that the word? Yeah, link in the description. There we go. Thanks, Rich. Um, but yeah, until next time, guys, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay unapologetically black. Have a good night. Yay. Yeah.